Yeah. <laughs> I'm recording. I press record. I know. I did that. That's what I did. Good for you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I did the thing, and now it's done. Now let's sit back and have some fun. You created a rhyme. That's no crime. In the, <laughs> in the nick of time. <laughs> well, that was quite a few rhymes. Yeah, you know, I'm a poet, and I did not know that. Mm. Ooh, well, Ooh, I've got some oh. notes for you. <laughs> uh, I see what I did there. Yep. And... <laughs> I own it. And I'll do it again! Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop. From the roots, Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want, it don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga, let's go! Oh yeah, you heard right. Heard this right. is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop side. Hey everyone and welcome. Today we're talking about Us. The 2019 horror film directed by Jordan Peele and starring Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, and Tim Heidecker. It's a twisted tale of a loving family whose seemingly perfect life is shattered when they are attacked by a terrifying group of homicidal doppelgangers. I'm Forrest, and my tethered is wondering why he's mostly been sitting in a chair for 40 years, and I am joined by John. John, what's your tethered been up to? You know... Right now, probably like living his best life, to be honest. <laughs> so you're the tethered, is what you're I saying. think I'm the tethered, yeah. Like, he's sitting there eating all the good food, watching all the good TV, drinking all the good drinks, and here I am with, like, you know, a cup of water from the, you know, bathroom sink. Raw Plus. rabbit and rabbit blood. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's... It, Juicy meats uh, and like imitation thriller T-shirts, you know. Someone just makes. <laughs> you know? that, that did look like a cool T-shirt. I mean, it did, but for like all the wrong reasons. Yep. Like you think about, it, you're like, whoa, wow, that's kind of dark. And you know, with how many T-shirts like I own, I would just love to see like the tethered versions of those. Is this, <laughs> is, what is that? Is it? Is that supposed to be an elf from Dungeons and Dragons? It just looks like someone rolled a log across your t-shirt. You're like, this sucks. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> I paid $30 for this garbage t-shirt. <laughs> your tether's like, sorry. I'm just like, oh, he can talk. Oh, no. <laughs> it's over. Uh, I would. So this one is a fairly recent movie, so I think it's safe to say, spoiler, spoilers. If you haven't been spoiled by the our talk about the movie already, if you haven't seen us, I strongly recommend that you go see it. Um, it might be sp spoiling my opinion to say that I really enjoy the movie, so I think um, you should go into it not not or knowing as little as you possibly can um, to get the full effect. So this is weird. We've done two modern ish things in a row 
I don't mm. like this trend. Hopefully, no, don't worry. <laughs> we we do something extremely old soon. Yep, because everything's like too color corrected and perfect and you know vibrant and everything. And <laughs> I want to go back to dingy. And you know, I want the dank. I'm looking for the dank. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Yeah, we gotta go. Yeah, we'll just go way back. We're uh, next episodes. Uh, you know, not to give anything away, but we'll be um, just reading a passage out of uh, Homer's Odyssey. So, <laughs> we... oh, we could fast forward a little bit. Then, uh... Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah we'll yeah. think of something else then. How about we do Metropolis? I mean, it was silent film, but we'll just do that anyway. And then we'll be like, oh yeah. Whoa, and then remember that part when this happened? I love the part when he was surprised by the robot. (laughs) No, I I just would have been silent for like a good hour. (laughs) And just just (laughs) chime in with something, you know. Oh, and then this happened. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it would be the first uh, silent podcast. We'll see how that goes. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know. Just, Just an hour and a half of nothing. Oh, with the way our numbers look, it would be no different anyway. <laughs> right. Well, well, and we, what we would do is we would mail out like uh, little cards that oh, have well. timestamps on them. <laughs> Just like <laughs> read these at this time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the podcast isn't silent. It just has like organ music playing that sort of like tells you how you're supposed to feel at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Why I really like this film. Yeah, I was getting a little bassy. I kind of like that. <laughs> you mean the thing that you made up? Yeah, I like the thing I made up. Very Normally good. I don't, but I feel pretty good about that one. Doom, good. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. It's <laughs> good. I'm a regular Michael Winslow over here. Just doing voices and sound effects and boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I like that. I'll put that on wax. Let me write that down real quick. But doom, boom, boom. All right. Don't steal that. Uh, do that again. I'm not musically inclined. But doom. I fucked it up. Oh well. Right. <laughs> it's one and it's gone. It was there and now it's gone. The the you know, you can't force genius. I think that's really the uh the lesson to take away from uh this whole thing. You know, yeah, the, worst, sure. the worst part as I'm doing that, I'm playing my table like I'm actually playing like a keyboard. Oh really? Uh, I thought you were playing a theremin there. I thought for sure (laughs) that's what that was. Uh, I don't play things I can't spell, so that's a lot of stuff: drums, saxophone, mic, (laughs) guitar, (laughs) bass. What's a guitar? Yeah, yeah, he's playing that bass over there. B a s o s e q. <laughs> Bass cool? Yeah, of course. No, well, I, I mean I can't. Some of those letters are silent. Of yeah, <laughs> all of them are. Yeah, it's the that's right. yeah, it's the emotion. <laughs> so, uh, John, were you um, were you a, f- a fan of uh, Jordan Peele before he became a director? 
Oh, yeah. Uh, so, well, my first experience with Jordan Peele was on Key and Peele. Um, I know he was on Mad TV, but uh, I stopped watching that, like, years ago. Because I was like, <laughs> well, I could watch Saturday Night Live, or I could watch Mad TV. Yeah, you and could was, watch another Stewart sketch. Yeah, and that was, to be honest, I maybe that shit's genius now, and if I watch it, I'd be like, I get it. But those are the ones that just uh, uh, drove me away. Him screaming, look at what I can do. Was, yeah. I uh, think initially it was funny because you almost every episode, he, his balls almost always popped out of his <laughs> tiny little shorts. And seeing a grown man, you know, sort of like tread that line was kind of funny. And I think then people just continued to tune in because uh, Mo Collins would almost always break during that uh, sketch. Like she would, she couldn't keep her shit together, and so it was always funny to watch. Yeah, but um, funny to watch for the wrong reasons. You yeah, I mean, for the, <laughs> this dude's testicles to blow out of his pants at any yeah, given that time. would be so funny. Look at what I could do, Rip. Yep. And, you know... <laughs> he just Lenny Kravitz is the thing out of there. Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm just like, nah, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read a book. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go to the club. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, wow. go dancing. Yeah, yeah, you know. So well, I, while you were dancing in, at the club, I was busy watching, uh... Both Key and Peel on um, Mad TV, along with um, all the other great people <laughs> that were on that show that whose uh, names escape me. I know that um, Seth Meyers' like brother was on that show, and I always remember being like, well, "What's Thanksgiving like in their household?" Probably, probably terrible. <laughs> I mean, wasn't Phil Lamar on uh, Mad TV? Yeah, yeah. Was he on the same seasons as uh, Uh, Jordan Peele? Probably not, because I know they did like a whole mix-up, and that was the other thing. Like, even the people I like there were like, "Mm, I'm kind of tired of watching dudes' nuts come out of his shorts. Uh, I'm going to go find something else to do. Goodbye. So... Yeah, no, I never got. I never watched anything they did on um, Mad TV, but I sure as hell watched uh, and watched the ever living shit out of Key and Peele. Yeah, Key and Peele's one of those shows I'll just watch on a loop uh, these days. Um, yeah. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll just put like their best clips or anything I want to watch like on YouTube and just kind of let that go for a while. Um, easy. It, it, it's some of. The, like, I hate to be like, you know, it was the spiritual successor to, you know, Chappelle show. And I don't really think anything will ever touch that. But it was damn good, like, comedy that sometimes was absolutely terrifying. So, like, when I saw that Jordan Peele was, like, making a horror movie with Get Out, I was like, mm, that tracks. You know, and then, like, you watch it and you go, holy shit, okay. Now these, all these... Funny Key and Peele sketches you see are kind of like, oh, those were all like his test beds for 
Oh yeah, like Twilight like especially when he got, yeah, especially when he got like uh more tr- control later in um you know in those seasons you know the I think the final two or the final season is all just themed like uh True Detective. True Detective yeah. <laughs> yeah, the intro is just a, like a one for one uh True Detective uh, sort of homage or pastiche. And yeah, they, the interstitials are all them just driving through a desert on a on a car. It was so, or in a car, it was such a high concept departure from sort of like the uh, the original format of the show. I remember I really liked it when they when they did that because like a lot of to your point, a lot of the sketches were suddenly weird and surreal and in, yeah, sometimes like genuinely frightening. I mean, dude, the Michael Winslow versus Bobby McFerrin. Oh my god! That that whole thing, just watching these two, like, um, what about just, the the uh, Family Matters? Oh my god, where Urkel's all got side powers and shit. <laughs> yeah, he's got yeah. scanner powers. <laughs> it's only- it's like, no, you're going to do whatever he wants. <laughs> I'm Reginald Val Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> or when he plays the creepy kid about like, you know, like, I want to know what death is like. And he's just sitting Yeah, the, the, the um, Make-A-Wish kid. Yeah. I want to just know what it's like to see a life leave a man's body. <laughs> you're just like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, the minute they kind of got away from the, it's gotta be, you know, you gotta be on a stage in front of an audience, and you're gonna introduce these skits, and, you know, you're not performing there, you're not doing anything there, so that type of interstitial moments were funny to kind of tag some things up, but not needed. When they were able to go out there and get to their real surreal selves... You know, like the genius I already knew both of those guys had was just like magnified. Yeah. Just both so talented. Like not just funny, just generally talented actors. And again, I wasn't surprised when seeing those and then seeing Get Out and then seeing us being like, okay, I see where Jordan Peele gets it. He's like a multifaceted type of uh, individual who just produces really amazingly extremely deep if you look for it and find what you want to find out of it type of material yeah you know i when i heard he was making uh horror movies i was like oh man because i really love his comedy but then i watched the movies he made and i was like well you know uh this person is a genius like he has a uh, a, a style and a tone that is, you know, extremely rare in filmmakers. I think people rightly compare his stuff to Hitchcock, and I think this movie actually reminds me of Steven Spielberg a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, it it has all the. I think it has multiple like styles in there from. Hitchcock to Spielberg for sure, especially like the stuff at the beach to um, like the family dynamic really reminded me of a uh, Spielberg movie. And, you know, spoiler alert, the fact that the entire family 
such as it is, you know, makes it away at the end and nobody is, uh, you know, there's there's no to our core cast of the people we are rooting for. There are no casualties. Oh, well, that's it, folks. Have a week. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. This is a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, I no. guess that depends on which which family <laughs> set you're rooting for. <laughs> well, I know who I rooted for with this one. Uh, the Tylers, because I felt like they did not have enough, and uh, they deserved more. Yeah, but the Tylers are so funny. <laughs> they hate each other so much. Yeah, like, I wish I had that level of money where I could just hate another person. I'm not there yet. Soon. Like... <laughs> soon (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh man like uh tim heidecker really uh gives an incredible performance in this um and i know i say incredible too much but this is one it actually deserves at this time i'm not just searching for a word um he just like he plays a he, well, first of all, he was super naturalistic, but also he he's just such a good asshole, and then he is also a great sort of psychotic asshole. <laughs> yeah, like seeing both sides of this, I was like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> Seems like his tethered version would be the same way. Spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> but um, I was interested that you are the one who recommended this movie. Um, in anything draw it to your mind outside of it being like just a fun film that you enjoy? Was there something more to it? Uh, yeah, great question. Um, I well, I first of all, I love the movie just because I can kind of like watch it over and over again, and each time it's just as in- intense and uh, it's like paced incredibly well, and it, it, it you know it moves along. Um, and keeps you engaged the whole time. And I just really love movies like that. But beyond that, I spent a lot of time when I was a teenager in Santa Cruz. I have family that lives there now, and I used to live in San Jose. So I, I have, like, especially uh, a connection with Santa Cruz, and then especially the boardwalk, which I where I spent a ton of time just because there was nothing to do when I was, you know... I was sent up there ostensibly, I think, to find some sort of summer job. Um, and, you know, that was going to be my dad's job to actually make sure that that would happen. But, of course, that would not happen. <laughs> I would be like, hey, Dad, can I have some money for the uh, Mega Cade? <laughs> and I would bomb off to the, the giant arcade that's uh, that's in the uh, that very um, boardwalk. And then, you know... Um, You'd try to uh, say hello to a pretty girl (laughs) during the evening time. Uh, And, you know, that wouldn't work, because why would it? But, um, (laughs) yeah, I have, like, a lot of... (laughs) I have a lot of... uh, I have a lot of fond memories of Santa Cruz, and uh, especially of the boardwalk. And, you know, it is sort of... It is a very joyous place, and everyone's having fun, but there is kind of a creepy... It is, I think, inherently sort of creepy, just because it kind of has a lot of old buildings and weird, musty old rides and stuff. So, yeah, that was, I think, 
between that and how much I just like the movie in general, and I'm not really, I actually don't like horror movies much at all, so. I was going to say that, <laughs> that normally you're not the first one to be all like, hey, you know what we need to watch? Hellraiser. We're going to watch the hell out of that. You know, I mean, I was the one who was like, let's watch Silence of the Lamb. And let's do all this scary shit. And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, well, we're going to watch us. And I was like, whoa. whoa. I'll prove I'll prove I've I've got the stones. Um, Look at what he can do now. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this movie benefits because it is a horror movie, but it is uh, the scares are aren't cheap. It's not like there's not a bunch of I mean, it's there are some fairly gory moments, but there isn't a bunch of like excessive gore. Um and uh you know there's a there's a fair amount of cat scares but they're 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 not there's not that many of them i don't really like being startled and so the the cat scares are definitely not my my thing but um i don't know this movie kind of walks the balance i think uh or walks the line and and balances those elements very well yeah i think that's fair did you uh were you freaked out about Santa Cruz because you watch Lost Boys or was there no relation to it? Because that's that's what always made me go like whenever I went down to Santa Cruz, I was just like, I think fucking vampires live here. Are you kidding me? It, me in high school definitely was going to Santa Cruz for the possibility that vampires might be there. Oh no. Make me one of your own. I embrace your dark master. <laughs> I will forever shun the light. Yeah, I mean, I think you could, you could, if you were being charitable, you could describe High School Forest as a bit of a goth. So I think, you if know, I'm go- being charitable. You describe <laughs> yourself. I trust you if you think you are goth. <laughs> the, the royal you. If the royal, if if one were to be charitable, I think they would describe me uh, that way. But uh, yeah, <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, well Indeed. then, uh, Goth Forest. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's, that tracks too. Yeah, sounds okay. I guess. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to De- Depeche Mode all the time. Hey man, there ain't nothing wrong with Depeche Mode. That yeah. shit rocks. Absolutely. I love Depeche Mode. Um, I had my, uh, my goth uh, music tastes were all over the map. Depeche Mode, White Zombie, uh, Rammstein. Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Britney Spears. I saw Britney Spears at the Mid-State Fair. Shout out to my uh, buddy Henry for getting those tickets. He said, really? the reason I live is you, and, he, and she pointed right at us, and we were in the terrible seats. <laughs> we were, like, you know, uh, where you could, all the way on the side, so you could see everyone setting up for the next part of the show. Yeah, that's how I saw that WrestleMania. Which <laughs> oh, no. is, like, off to the side, so, like, when the giant tank came out, I could see the tank pull up. First. Yeah, it's like, waiting. Yeah, you just kind of go like, oh, man, it's spoiled, you know, and she's all out there. I can see her dancing, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, something's going to happen on the side. I see a dude holding a bucket. <laughs> <It's> gonna... <laughs> the, 
there was a part where she is like literally uh like behind some risers on the stage and like she has to like duck down and pop out and we were at such a vantage point so high up and to the side we could just see her kneeling there waiting <laughs> eventually she just turned to us and be like hey <laughs> i see you over there hey everybody but you know of course the crowd went wild because they felt included by the great Britney Spears herself, who is having a heck of a time right now out there in the real world. I want to say hashtag I stand with Britney Spears. Is that a hashtag? Is that one of her hashtags? No, I thought it was hashtag free Britney. Fair enough. Right. Hashtag free Free. Britney. There you go. I I like it. I'm so much into the uh, hashtag that I I don't even know what it is. (laughs) Don't even know. I thought you. Yeah. Really really disappointed there. Yeah. 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 Well, Well. (laughs) <laughs> i, I saw uh yeah yeah we, we called me out on it i, I yeah. did see britney spears in uh i think it was in high school or maybe right th- was it after high school that's too old <laughs> let's just say it was high school and move on yeah 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 yeah, yeah. goth force goth force yeah yeah that that was the one i think yeah, i yeah. may have been transitioning into my swing f- <laughs> You had a, of course, you or a ska phase, uh, ska type. I did wear a, I did wear a white fedora for all. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god! I can see that. You're like, you're like cherry popping daddies. They, they know, they, they had a right in their zoot suits. (laughs) I'm going run around uh, singing squirrel nut zippers in the afterlife. If anyone needed to know how fucking old we are now, there you go. Squirrel nut zipper, <laughs> little cherry popping daddy. Him going to watch Britney Spears and his goth phase in high school. Mm-hmm, yeah, they, mm-hmm, they got mm-hmm. us figured out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You got me. You got me. Yeah. But uh, not too old to enjoy 2019's Us. All right, good segue. All right, let's let's Thank let's you. get back. To it. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's <laughs> let's get out of your goth phase. <laughs> so, John, any um, do you remember when you saw this movie for the first time? Yeah, I saw that uh in the theater. Oh, the theater. Yeah, it was one of the rare non-superhero movies I I went to go see. <laughs> you know, you, usually that's what I save my theater time for now. But I was like, I enjoyed Get Out so much. That I didn't really know anything about us. I saw like the one trailer and I was like, oh, okay, that seems spooky. I'll go watch it with booze and food. And that's what I did. So I saw it at the uh, Alamo Draft House of all places. What a great place to watch a movie like this. No, exactly. It, 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 it's relatively quiet, you know. You got space. You don't have to worry about like your next door neighbor, like, you know, jump scaring you or cat scaring you, as you call it. Like, cause you know, they're pretty f- little, little removed from you. Um, and yeah, I had a wonderful time. Uh, it, I mean, overall, I, I, I wasn't like, you know, it's been a while since I've been scared from a movie, but it's, it's been doubly long where movies made me think about it after I left the theater. And this is one of those movies that made me kind of like, I got to think on this a little bit, think about what I saw. And mm-hmm. it, uh, 
you know, when it, when it came out and we could watch it on, I forget what streaming service at the time, you know, popped it in, watched it again, just so I could kind of pick up on the stuff that I missed and, uh, you know, um, think about it some more and even rewatching it now made me kind of take more time than most of the things we talk about. You know, I'm like, silence of lambs. I watched it. Okay, here we go. Done. <laughs> you know, like, and then goodbye, Anthony Hopkins. Whoop. You know, and then, you know, drum kits going off in my head or something. In this instance, I watched it, wrote my notes and I was like, Hmm, I wonder what he really meant by this. I wonder what he <laughs> meant by that. You know, because like this, like this movie is just layered with things and they can be yeah. many things. And that's, that's where I think actually his genius lies in his uh, filmmaking. Even his writing style is like you, anyone can go watch one of these movies and take something completely different away from it than what you would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could totally see that. Um, it definitely has a uh, tons of layers of subtext uh, that seem to be sort of permeating every scene, every shot, even. Yeah, I mean, from the it took me this viewing to realize all the VHS tapes around the uh, commercial for the Hands Across America. Like you know, I was just always looking at the screen. So mm-hmm. since I've seen it, I was like, oh, let me poke my head around, and you could see the movies off to the side, and you're like. Shit, man, I should have been paying more attention in the theaters the first time I saw this. I would have figured some shit out. Like, there's a Chud's tape. Uh, the man with two brains is there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Goonies is there, you know? And you're just like, whoa, there's so much, like, in that opening. Um... Yeah, it is interesting using that that uh, that sort of uh experience that i think you know everyone at least our age remembers living through and just like you were talking about as each sort of part of the movie has these layers of subtext the hands across america were like it was like during a sort of a rash of these things that happened in like the early 90s and like the mid 80s which were these like telethons or these stunts basically to bring awareness to different um you know uh, different things that were affecting society but it's like were they more than just a stunt it doesn't in hindsight it certainly seems like it was like just sort of an empty platitude because you know, it didn't eliminate world hunger. It didn't just do anything for homelessness. These are still problems that are magnified today. Well, and, you think, know, of, think of the hubris here. Give us 10 bucks. You get to go stand in, in line with a bunch of other people. And we're going to, we're going to end homelessness. We're going to fight homelessness. And then more of that money went to running the event than it went to help homelessness. Like I think mm-hmm. it was like $30 million or something was generated. It was a lot of money, you know, especially like circa 86. And when like seven of it goes to help homelessness and then the rest of it is going to pay Oprah and Michael Jackson and whoever else was, you know, and running the event, like 
just, it was just, oh, come on. But you are correct, where it just felt like in the 80s, you couldn't turn the dial without hitting a telethon of some sort, whether it be, you know, uh, for one thing or another, or, you know, sending your love down a whale. You know, yep. <laughs> you know, type of and, mentality, you know. And I don't know if I'm just being, uh, I don't know if this is just goth forest talking and I'm being be. overly cynical, but I don't really feel like a lot of these things, I know but probably some of them did very good stuff. I haven't done all the research, so forgive me if I'm wrong here, but it definitely seems like a lot of those were just, you know, sort of hollow gestures. And, and to your point, they were more about enrich- enriching the people putting it on than actually, you know, solving these problems that, that they claim to want to solve. Oh, yeah. I mean, but that still happens to this day. I'm not going to sure. call out any charities here, but there are definitely ones that put more money back into themselves and actually towards what they're trying to fight. And yeah, it was, it felt no different. It, 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 it was pretty much the, the same as like when you'd go to a corner store or something and you want to feel a little better about yourself, you can drop a few quarters in the bucket and then you have no idea where those quarters are going to go. You're hoping that they're going to go to the charity that they say, but you have no idea. And, this hands across America was just, it was just a stunt and like, honestly, a really perfect backdrop for a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Although you don't really see how that, um, how that comes into play until, uh, later, but certainly it, it was a, such a, a weird note to set the whole movie off on. Um, because, like you mentioned, the movie starts back in 1986, and um, there is there this opening scene is fantastic, of course, and it's so moody and atmospheric. But I think one of the things that I, I really appreciated about it, especially on the second uh, viewing, was how it captured to it really captured the feeling of being a kid when your parents are arguing but they don't want to let it They're They're like kind of holding back for your sake, but you could tell they're mad at each other. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That, that uncomfortable silence between conversation that just, yeah, like, that's the simmering tension yeah. that, uh, that, that her parents had. And like all the shots were sort of from low, and so all the adults felt very like huge and sort of alien. Uh, I thought they he nailed the 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 tone uh, straight off the bat right there. Yeah, I think it was important for him to do so because uh, it establishes a lot. Like perspective is played with a lot, and even tempo of the film is played with. Uh, just from like first you're seeing from her perspective, then a little bit you know later. We have an almost real time segment as things are going on, and it completely changes the way the film goes. But however, he frames this shot like it almost feels like, even if it seems like the most innocent of shots, you'd want to pause it to kind of take a, a, a look around to see what you might be missing. Um, and that was definitely watching this one too, even from the jump. I was like, oh, I didn't even pay attention to the homeless dude with the sign there or, you know, where the, the prize number was. Cause one of the big 
things that keeps coming up is the number 11, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, and it's important, but on first viewing, I was like, mm-hmm. finger up nose, you know, I wasn't even paying attention to that. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh, Oh, I see what you're doing here. Mr. Peel. You're, <laughs> you're way smarter than me already, but now you're way deeper too. Hmm. Yeah. So great stuff great stuff from the jump yeah and i have to really just i know i talked specifically about tim heidecker because that that performance really surprised me i think he just continually surprises me as an actor but he is i mean just one of an just a an amazing cast like this cast acts their butts off throughout the entire film um and is just so impressive in each of their own way. The kids, especially the kids blew me away the first time I saw it. And this time as well. Oh yeah. No, the, the was, uh, Shahadi, uh, right. Joseph is Zora and Evan mm-hmm. Alex is Jason. Those two, like a, a great job, a great job. Like as strong a performance as Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke. Like, easily. Kept up there, paced. I liked this family. I rooted for this family. You know, and, and, and it felt like a a, a real family. Because it wasn't like, you know, it, it felt very pretty much like you put it. Like a Steven Spielberg family. Like, yeah. you know, like the Poltergeist family in that movie that Toby Hooper did direct quote unquote wink (laughs) yeah i mean i i completely agree they have such uh an amazing and magnetic chemistry from the moment they appear on screen that you can't help but fall in love with this family um and winston duke is god he has such crazy range as an actor because uh, like you people out there, if you haven't seen this movie, first off, what are you doing? Stop this podcast right now. You go watch a movie. Anyway, welcome back. Um, Pause but us. <laughs> go watch it and come back. Yeah, go watch it and come back. But uh, presumably, you would just press play and welcome back to the podcast. Congratulations, you saw a great movie. But I mean, a lot of people probably remember him from Black Panther. And it's like, you put these two roles next to each other, and you're like, that's the same guy? Yeah, the only difference is, is this is a big dude. Um, when he was on that bed, I was going, <laughs> yeah. that, that, what is that, a, a twin, a fool, a, a single? Is that a king? Is that a king? Like, is that, is that one of those Olympian cardboard beds that I've been reading about in the news? So, that, you know, the anti-sex COVID beds? <laughs> like this thing was so small and he was just so like he's just a big man. It's it's insane. But yeah, his range is just like really impressive from you know, kind of just trying to make sure everyone's having a good time to like when he code switches to try to scare off the family. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> His his range is wild, and it was just great to see. Yeah, I mean, think of him as Abraham and as Gabe. Like, Gabe, 
even though, like you said, until he's, he lays down on that bed, I don't feel like I ever thought about, well, that's a massive dude. Because he kind of, like, hunches over. He's wearing, like, a big sweater. He has these Coke bottle glasses. And he is just very disarmingly sort of uh, charming. And you, and then, like, when you see him as Abraham, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, please no. Yeah, no. It it is night and day. Though I tell you what, if I saw that silhouette staring at me from my driveway, I probably would have went for the bat the first time. Yeah, well, I would have been. You would have. Um, you would have uh, seen me in whatever the what was his boat named? Clam craw, Daddy? No, Craw, craw Daddy. Daddy. Craw Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> You would have seen the craw daddy just going into the moon set or the, you know, the, the, just speeding away across that lake the minute that, that family showed up. Rest Good luck, kid. family! Did he, did he leave? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He yeah, just yeah. jumped right in the craw daddy. <laughs> yeah, he just dropped, he hopped out. The kid was like, hey, there's a fam. And he didn't get the rest of the words out. He was already in the boat. He's... <laughs> I've never seen him move so fast. Yeah, but he doesn't know. It's like a closed lake. There's no water. <laughs> He's not going to be able to get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to talk about, if we're just going to rewind a sec for just a second here, but so during that initial part where um, uh, young Addie uh, is walking away from her parents and down onto the beach, and there is that fun house that exists, like, right off the beach. That doesn't exist, of course. That was made for the movie. But I was thinking, what if it did exist? That would be, like, the grossest, because it's not, like, kind of part of the main boardwalk, and I think it would be really hard to, like, keep track of. But it's like, that would just be... there would. Things that would go on inside that funhouse would just be, <laughs> they would have to close it, you know, of just like biohazard reasons. Oh, you would need to delouse that 100%. Yeah, just every like, day. Yeah, there's no way, like being that far removed from the main uh, boardwalk. I mean, I guess to be like, you know, the 86 version was just extremely racist. So. Yep. I love how they, they papered over that. In the new version, they just changed the sign to Merlin's Forest, and they still had totem poles outside and what have you. Yeah, well, it, but it's less because it's it's no longer it's it was still a vision quest too. That's what cracked me. Yep, yeah, <laughs> find yourself. And Merlin will help you find your vision. Get it? Find yourself. Yeah, no, I mean, but just the the the, the layering there. Yeah, but no, I look. I'm a kid. I'm tired of watching my parents argue. I'm still not walking down to the beach by myself on like a lightning rainy kind of night, but then go walk into this fun house like unaccompanied with other people. It's just open. You don't need tickets to go in or anything. Anyone can just walk in at any time. Yeah, you know, like just, yeah, you know, crank is being smoked there. Crack is being smoked there. People have been murdered there. Things have given birth in that place because no one's paying attention to it. <laughs> no. 
But, you know, there is a weird ride in the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk called uh, the Cave Train. And it does. It's like a dark ride like you might find in Disneyland, except much lower budget. And it does like have weird little animatronics and it does go under the boardwalk for much of its show scene. And that did kind of remind me, at least from a uh, thematic perspective of of that ride. I just wanted to point that out. It's an interesting and I don't think it's a deliberate connection necessarily, but if I'm thinking of like creepy a cr- kind of a creepy ride that has weird animatronics in it, there is there is definitely that at the boardwalk. Yeah. Well, I always found like those the boardwalk has some interesting rides. Um, I don't remember the the the, the what, what what you call it the d- dive cave the cave it's the cave train it's like a a train that goes through these scenes of like a bunch of like uh, the th- it's like if they were under the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk there was a uh, there was a cave system where cavemen were having like barbecues and playing frisbee. <laughs> you know? I mean, I guess that tracks because they had the little overhead, um, little fucking sky chairs or whatever. Then some mm-hmm. of those used to have cavemen on them too. I think like, so. Just, yeah. Just be staring at you. Like maybe I might be mixing that up with like some other places, but I swear they had like the creepy ass cavemen on those little things and they just look at you. So, I guess the pain train sounds all right. I mean, cave train <laughs> sounds fine. Yeah. Now, my, I mean, look, all right. Best thing to do down at Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, even now, even though I haven't been to it in eons, get a corn dog, ride a bumper car. That's it. That's all you need. Yeah. Funnel, maybe go to the Megacade. Yeah, and go to the Megacade. Just stay on, like, when you're facing it, there's a bunch of shit to your left. And then you're going to see a building and everything. Just stay over by that building. They'll have a better time. Fuck yeah. that Big Dipper. That thing. I've seen so many wallets get lost in that goddamn ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't go there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> don't go there. There are also vampires. And also, like, there's maybe vampires there. Yeah. And vampires, if you're listening, I'm still open to joining your... I'm still open to following your dark lord. I want you to know that if um, the vampires realize that Forrest is offer only, you come around here, suckheads, you're getting taken out. (laughs) Yeah, we've got all the the blade merchandise. We went to the auction when they were auctioning off all those price uh, props, and we've got all the steaks and garlic bullets. Yeah, the nine millimeter garlic with UV lights in them, bullets or some shit. <laughs> yep. Just like, sure, why not? Attack All the stuff. Yeah, yeah, that that tracks. And uh, um, the sword with other little swords in the handle. Yeah, we got that too. Yeah, my fingers are cut a little bit, but it was worth it. <laughs> but yeah, nah. Uh, don't go to the beach boardwalk. That's that's. That's what we're really trying to say. I think that's what this movie was all about. Was just yeah. <laughs> tell that, like, if you go to Santa Cruz, some, you might run into some scary shit. Oh man! If 
Did you used to get the boardwalk commercials up where uh, of course. in San Francisco? Yeah. Man, those like those commercials alone make me want to not go to the boardwalk. In the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Walk. In the warm, in the warm California, California sun. sun. Boardwalk. boardwalk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, my mom used to take me down there. Like, that was, that was like the weekend getaway type of vacation. My mom would be like, okay, we're going to go down to Santa Cruz. And we didn't have a car, so it was just hop on cow trains to get to a bus and take the bus for 90 minutes and we'd get off there and then we would stay at like some motel or some shit like not too far away from the boardwalk she'd go buy me a couple of those day passes where i could go right around and you know i'd go by myself just running around the beach boardwalk. i could have been tethered yeah, uh, you could be the time. tethered version of John. Like you just said, you admitted you were at the start of, at the top of this podcast. So I think the cat is already out of the bag. Yes, boardwalk. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting place. I definitely the the Wilsons uh, were excited to be in Santa Cruz. To the point I've never... I mean, Santa Cruz is a great place, very lovely town, don't get me wrong, but I don't think I've ever been with anybody in a car who, once they get to Santa Cruz, they're like, Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz. (laughs) I mean, maybe if you live there, then you're all like, I live here. (laughs) I am home. I am home. It took me an hour to get here from anywhere. Like, yep, know. I have that in my notes. Uh, when they have that aerial shot of Highway 17, I'm like, there's the true horror right there. <laughs> it's either either it's nighttime and it's the most dangerous road you've ever driven, or it's the daytime and you're going a half mile an hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic. Yeah, and that's if you're lucky and for some strange reason the fog didn't decide to fill it up. Yep. Yeah, we're, we're introduced next to the... The Wilson family, that's their last name, right? Yep. Did I have that right in my notes? Yes. And um, they're going off to their summer home. Man, that was the most unrealistic thing in this movie for me. The thought of having a summer home. Well, it's the... Yeah, of course. The thought of having a home that is my own is impressive. The idea of having a summer home is doubly impressive. Well, yeah, and for me, just uh, just some sort of uh, cruel fantasy. Yeah, I have the fantasy nightly. Oh, man, can't wait. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to power wash my front walk. Huh? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm renting. I'm still renting. <laughs> well, please, God, if you give me a home, I'll swear I'll... I'll power wash that driveway every day. I That's will. all I ask of you. It's up just a simple paper boy. I will. I will power wash the fuck out of my home's driveway. So much so <laughs> that like there won't be any driveway left. That's how much I'll power wash it. <laughs> well, like it's needed, right? The fact that, you know, this family is well, you know, all all accounts well to do at least middle class that they're able to afford these homes and have this moment is really needed for the justification against their uh tethered selves 
Yes, they need to be doing very well for the for that juxtaposition to really hit home. I think a lot of this movie is also about the sort of passive toxic toxicity of uh adult um upper middle class relationships like um because Gabe and Josh have this like their their relationship is they're friends obviously but they also are just very competitive and uh the friendship seems very superficial and um surface level those those mean the same thing but i think you get what i mean yeah i mean you know uh gabe finds out josh bought a boat so then he what's he do he goes buys the the craw daddy like this <laughs> yeah. boat so like he's able to get that and it, it was a level of one-upsmanship like i mean they both have these homes and they're 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 each nice but josh's home is like something out of a catalog as far as you know location look feel versus this little bit more homey type of uh, summer home that the wilsons have um yeah but I, I think there's you know i think that there's a lot of that in play um with this movie on purpose yeah and we get the we get the sort of the portrait of the the tailors, which are their their um, the their friends who are also have a family, and they have twins, of course, which which is another little subtle hint to um, the reveal that will be coming later in the movie. Um, and you know the the uh, Elizabeth Moss's character is very concerned with her appearance and she's got a little work done and she talks about how she could have been like a big movie star if she didn't have the kids and so she's very resentful of that she hates her husband <laughs> like they live a very uh, there's something sort of dystopic about their relationship that is like at once sort of horrifying and in its own right but also seemingly inevitable for a lot of people yeah i could see that and those twins man forget those twins crushing my boy jason's underground sand tunnels not cool your brother's so weird yeah i mean yeah he wears a halloween mask anywhere he goes wolfman mask anywhere he goes why not fuck it yep <laughs> Do you see that where they were trying to do somersaults in the uh, the sand? Um, you know, while the, when they crushed his little tunnel, and then later their their uh, tethers are doing somersaults everywhere. Oh yeah, well you know the, but they it's funny the tethered ones did better somersaults than yep. the, uh, the normal ones, which is uh, again kind of telling, kind of telling. The this whole start, the whole part where they're setting up the families and they're giving us backstory and they're showing us sort of, well, they're exposing how uh, Addie has, um, how she has processed her PTSD because we only, we see this very traumatic moment at the start of the movie and then they have, they show you little ways in that, in with that PSD sort of surfacing and that is like the first red herring, right? Because it's po totally believable that she would have P 
PTSD about this moment and especially be protective of her kids in the same environment. Um, but again, there's like, once you know the twist, then there are five other levels of that performance um, that she is, that uh, she's layering in there. Oh yeah. She does an amazing job being multiple people in a way that uh, normal people aren't multiple. You know, like, not just, like, a doppelganger, evil Spock way of, like, being the evil version of themselves. No, she, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, like, just kills it with this by being just off enough, but you're not, like, so obsessed with that oddness until, you know, you get the I mean, we said spoiler already, but the, you know, the twist. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, she, like, everything that she does could be attributable to her past trauma. So I think that that, that sort of, you have that justification in your mind. And so every time something kind of off or weird happens, that's your brain's just like, oh, it's because of this reason that I already know. Um, there's nothing more to it there. And that's sort of, that's kind of how they how he first sort of misdirects you into a false sense of security with this character but i have to say i love these opening parts in horror movies where you're just kind of getting to know the environment everything's cozy and calm and not everything has gone to shit yet i love those those like opening moments in uh in a horror movie it's one of the reasons why i really like the aliens director cut director's cut because it has you know all that footage of uh Hadley's hope uh, before it was, you know, destroyed by xenomorphs. But I digress. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. Like these tropes strike me as more of a like ghost type trope, almost. Um, in, in like a haunting type horror movie. Where everything does seem normal, we realize something spooky happened, but we're not necessarily sure what it is. And to be fair, up to this point in the movie, we don't really know what it is. Um, you know, we've seen some weird things. We saw a guy get stabbed. He was holding the, uh, or killed, I guess, was holding the same sign as the dude was in 1986, the uh, Jeremiah 1111. Mm-hmm. So we're we're definitely seeing some odd things, but we don't know what we're experiencing yet. It wasn't until that night where we kind of got a sense of what the movie actually was going to be about and what the what the horror or the true horror was. Yeah, they do an amazing job of they the intro is very cozy and has a very sort of um I would say it has like a lot of comedy. It has a light pace, um, but the minute they get to the the first night, then like the movie hits the gas. It really speeds up after that. It and then it's just like a you know it's an adrenaline ride uh, till the like the last quarter of the movie. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, um, I already alluded to it before, but you know. Uh, that f- the the family uh, standing out on the driveway, um, and you know uh, Jason giving that his best. Uh, they're here, 
line reading, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a family outside on the driveway. Definitely felt like that was inspiration from They're here. Yeah, totally. And from that moment on, things get like the scares ramp up. Yeah. Um sure. once you meet like the 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 doppelgangers of uh of the Wilsons, like they each one is like a fully formed, interesting psychopath, right? <laughs> There's like almost blind uh Abraham, which is, you know, uh he's this giant uh dude and, and he's Gabe's uh tethered and he's got a long beard and his eyes are almost shut because he you know we we see Gabe with these coke bottle glasses so we know he has like bad vision but of course the, his tethered never got glasses so um he he's constantly like squinting which makes him look very different than he normally does um there is uh Jason's um his tether, whose name is escaping me right now. So I didn't look them up in the uh, the credits. I realized they all had. I think his name was started with a P. A P no, Pluto. Pluto. There we go. Yeah. Um, yes. I just ended up. This is how lazy my notes were. Uh, when it happened, I just started to call him. Doppel Jason, Doppel Adelaide, Doppel Zora, Doppel Cake. <laughs> yep. I, know, I know they all had their own names with like red and what was it, Tex or something like that. Uh, well, I know uh, uh, Gabe's was Abraham, uh, Lapito's, Lapito's was red, red, and then uh, Zora, I don't remember. It was something like Umbara. Yeah, Umbara. That's right. Because it, and it then was Pluto. Like... And Pluto. Yeah. I mean, uh, cool, cool names. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you I'm do ta- what you can, I guess, when you're trapped in an underground facility, uh, just mimicking other people's movements. Yeah, such a. Uh, I I can see why Jordan Peele's like worst fear is just like a doppelganger. It is such a weird, creepy thing. Yeah, he said in 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 in, uh, in an interview he used to um, take the train to work, and when he would come home, it would be late, and he would. Um, he would go through the tunnel and come up on the other side. And of course it would be late. So that everything, you know, it would be totally deserted. And he had this sort of irrational fear that he would turn around and just see himself enter the tunnel on the other end. Um, after he had exited, you know, and, uh, how scary that would be. Yeah, that would do it. Yep. Yep. That would do it. Bosun, fetch me the brown pants. Yeah. Um, too yeah, late, I, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, never mind. But uh, yeah, each one of uh, these actors are giving such a polarizing performance compared to their 
uh, you know, the, the normal family performance that the minute that the, their tethered show up and they kind of lay out the groundwork pretty early on. They don't really keep you in suspense. Like they red sits everyone down and sort of explains to them, you know, there are copies of everybody and, you know, they all share one soul. Yeah. And at some point they were abandoned. So. Yeah, they were made by the U.S. government, and and as a uh, as an experiment to see if they could control people, but it was abandoned, and I guess they just left them there, and uh, still pay the power bill, though. Well, you know, you have uh, thousands of underground tunnels where many of them are not occupied, and you're like, well, many of them aren't occupied. That means some are occupied. Curiouser and curiouser remarks John S. Well, <laughs> I mean, they definitely that they they start off the the um the movie with a little title card talking about how much underground like abandoned thousands of miles of abandoned underground tunnel, and it, again, it's just some you see and you're like, wow, that's really weird, and then you don't really think about it until. Later in the movie, where all the this this uh, you know stuff come becomes clear, but man, that scene where Red is explaining, you know, first of all, uh, Lupita Nyong'o's voice she does is terrifying and uh, just uh, fantastic. Just the way the way that she her you know vocal intonation, her pacing, everything is just really awesome. But man, that whole scene is just so the tension is just is so nightmarish. Yeah, it's like the worst thing. Like I well, not the worst thing, but definitely very high on my list of ways I would not want to be uh introduced to my other self. Yeah, like from you know, Pluto's nook with the like the burn mask wearing that to like umbria's like just dead eyes like that yeah constant like smirk on her face to yeah to each one of them is so spooky in their own right and how they were even assaulting the house you know and she's like sending them off and like we see like one person climbing up a tree and i was just like oh fuck this man like that's when I go into the bathroom and I enact the Michael Myers plan and you got it. Yeah. Right. Like I got to start swinging with that, uh, you know, the little fucking pool cue or some shit because of just how creepy they all are. And the fact they all wearing the same jumpsuits, they all have one glove on the hand and they all have these like wicked scissors. Yeah. These gold shears, really iconic. Look, yeah, no. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And yeah, yeah. And, her, and her voice is just that croak. That, I can't do it. But like, well, I mean, I probably could do it, but then I'd be all fucked up. Um, and she's the only one who can talk. The only tethered who shows any ability to talk the entire time. Yeah, and it and it sounds pained. Yes. Yeah, like a hundred percent. Like I don't want to talk if I don't have to talk, but I'm capable of it. It's like being the one in the car, you know, like if you're the driver and you go through a drive-thru and the passenger's like, oh, just get me this. 
but you're the driver and you don't want to say that because you don't want to fuck up their order. Yep. So you're like, number two. Number two. With the curly fries. And uh, what was it again? Uh, Cherry, cherry coke. Cherry coke. Yeah, no. Yeah. Nah. And it's really cool how they have each of the, how she sort of sends each of the members of the family off with their respective doppelgangers. And each one is sort of meant to show that, oh yeah, this person is sort of a very, has all the skills of the the characters you're rooting for, but they are these dark reflections. So they have, um, they have a, a um, umbra like Umbria. Um, I, don't I think remember. it's Umbra. I think you're right. Umbra. Um, sure. Umbra. Yeah, it's like based off partly off the color. I think. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah they have her, you know, run down. Um, uh, the Zora. daughter character Zora exactly, and because like they mentioned that Zora's in a track, and um, Jason and Pluto go you know off, and they're they're both sort of fascinated with fire. Jason has this magic trick that's broken, and and uh, uh, Pluto wants to to see it, and of course then they have Abraham just drag um, him out by the. By the ankle. (laughs) I mean, you'd have to be... It would have to be... Poor Gabe. Yeah, a guy his size would be the only one to be able to drag another dude his size around by the ankle. I like when he puts the glasses on and he does like the the correction thing that he's always been doing. He doesn't have glasses. He's just been doing that motion because his... his, uh, Gabe has been doing it, you know, the whole time he's been wearing glasses. And he has it for a little while, and he's like, he's like, oh, I can see. And then he's like, nah, I hate it. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah, no, see, that's where we knew they, uh, the Wilson family fucked up. Because you shouldn't go off with your respectives. You should fight the other one. Yeah. Right? Like, you got, you got, you, you can't fight yourself. That's a losing proposition. You gotta, you gotta swap. You gotta swap them. Like, you know, Umbria or whatever, she could. Definitely outrace my ass, but she shows up. I can body slam her. I know I can take her out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. That's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, I'll I'll fight Red. Let's go. Let's see your ballet katas versus this, you know, homeschooled uh, training I used to do back in the day. Uh, Air boxing and that I'm doing in front of the microphone right now. <laughs> so- yeah, kind of. It's like old-timey boxing. I'm actually doing that in front of the microphone. I'm just like, the show you read. And so the I'm rest sorry. of the, go ahead, the, no, rest go ahead, of the movie um, uh, sort of plays out over the course of this night and into the next day. And, of course, the Wilson family make uh, are able to make it a mistake, or uh, an escape? A mistake. An escape. And... Um, in doing so, they uh, are able to take out Abraham uh, by via boat propeller. The craw daddy uh, comes in handy, and that's also what they were able to escape on. And of course, they go right over to the Tylers, and we shoot over to the Tylers, and we get to see. I thought this was a really brilliant way to do it because we already know that the tethers are dangerous, but as far as we know right now, they're only 
after the Wilsons, right? Um, because uh, because Addie had this this horrible um, experience when she was a, a girl, but he expands the scope and the threat of this by having going over to the the Taylor's house and having showing their attack. And since we didn't see any of our sort of main cast characters, um, you know, they got hurt, but none, no one got killed. Having the tether show up and kill the entirety of the, the Taylor family, I thought was really brilliant because it really raises the stakes and the scope of the threat in a really cool way. Oh, yeah. And it, it, especially having the, the like two story house, but that whole side was nothing but windows. Mm-hmm. So you could see them all get killed at the same time, like you know, when with the creepy, Beach Boys playing. Yeah, well, you know, I'd kill myself too. The Beach Boys were playing, uh, <laughs> and that terrible, that terrible OJ joke, which is like, he's like, oh, that's a white thing to do. It's also not only a white thing to do, but like an old white thing to do. <laughs> yep. You know, just like it wasn't funny at the time, and it's extra not funny now. Exactly, but uh, yeah, the fucking playing good vibrations while people getting stabbed in the neck with scissors. It's funny. The first time I watched us in the theaters, I was not expecting more tethers. No, neither was I. So even when she was telling their story. I just assumed it was them and just them. Like somehow she formed these other ones and I was like, okay, I don't expect to see other. And then when we see there are more tethers, I was like, Oh no, this is a big problem. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and I love, uh, Tim Heidecker's, uh, Josh's tether, uh, because he's also an asshole. Cause Josh is just a, a tremendous asshole. This entire, the entirety that we know him, he's a completely unlikable character. And then his, his tethered Tex is also a tremendous asshole. Um, but in a, like a, a weird comical sort of pantomime way that I thought was, I think intentionally funny, but also terrifying. Yeah, well, it's it's the whole thing, right, where the tethers are repeating these people's movements, but also since they're all sharing a soul, they, it's like they're almost trying to complete what that other what their other selves would be doing. Mm-hmm. Like the tethers trying to complete what uh, you know, Josh would be doing, so it's like these very Almost like 1950s sitcom TV dad <laughs> movements. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. the too slow when when uh, Elizabeth Moth is, uh, Moss is dragging herself across, you know, ch- bleeding out from the neck. Exactly. And he like reaches down a hand uh, for her and he gives him her the too slow and, you know, runs his hand through his slick back hair. And even then that's too slow. You know, he's... Yeah. And then I, I I do admit I like going from good vibrations to fuck the police. Because <laughs> <Yep. laughs> she said she asks her like Alexa equivalent to call the police. And it's like playing fuck the police by NWA. It's like, all right. This, this, you know what, Josh? You're pretty okay tasting music, I guess. <laughs> Sorry about your throat. 
Yeah, well, not that sorry, but you know what I mean. You, 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 yeah. you, you, you. That whole part was very Halloween. The part where they are just shooting from the outside and they have all the tethers come in and stab everyone in the neck felt like I was watching a Halloween. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, even the uh, when the Wilsons tethers show up in the driveway and he's just, you know, Gabe just keeps talking to them and they don't say shit. It's very much like the ghost scene in sure, Halloween yeah. where it's just, mm-hmm. which is already unnerving enough. I had one of those moments happen to me when I was really young, like around Halloween. Oh, I think that's also kind of what wigs me out about the movie Halloween. Uh, we used to, all right, in the city a long time ago, where on uh, the Church Street Safeway there, behind it used to be a funeral home. It's now like apartments. You know, they tore everything down and did apartments. But us as kids, we that was a I don't want to be like fair play area because it wasn't like they were having funerals all the time but we'd go there because it these really uh like big trees and like areas where we would play we'd bring gi joes and shit because it was a couple blocks away from where we lived and uh one time you know me my brother our friends we were like, well, let's just go walk around. It was nighttime. We were bored, and we decided to walk through the funeral area. And it was like a weird two, like, not two-story. Like, there was a top portion and then, like, a bottom ground portion separated. So as we were walking through there, there was this guy who shows up. Like, we just see the silhouette just standing in front of us, kind of, like, cascaded in the moonlight. And we were just like... Yeah, I'm like, what are you doing? And my brother's like, hey, what are you doing? You know, we're all doing this, and I'm super young, but we're talking. And the person doesn't say anything. They just keep staring at us. Uh Uh-oh. And we're just like, you know, and I start to wake up. And then the person stomps their foot and starts moving towards us really quick. So we fucking bolt it. You know, like running every which direction. I'm crying. It's a fucking <laughs> mess. Like, mind you, I'm like five. Sure. You know, uh, okay, uh, 17. But five teen. <laughs> five teen. I was like five. So we were running, whatever. It turned out it was actually a friend of ours who didn't come with us, who my brother and them got to go scare us ah. by wearing like this. He had this like latex wolf mask. That had, oh, no. that had, on top, it had a wolf face on the, on, you know, like normal. But then in the center of the forehead was another little wolf's head. It was like this creepy fucking thing. And it was, it, other words, fuck you, Sam. Fuck you. <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's out there. You yeah. hear that, Sam? Fuck you. I'm not going to say it, but... <laughs> Yeah, no. Scared the shit out of me. And even though I know it was you, that still scares the shit out of me. So, uh, anyway, yeah, the fucking Tyler's killed like uh, Michael Myers. Very scary. Yeah. 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 Don't want to run into that kind of thing in real life, but very effective uh, in this movie. I have to say, uh, go Zora. I feel like Zora is the goat in this movie. Um,. She, uh, her, her, um, 
uh, skill with a, uh, a, a putter uh, cannot be overstated. It is, uh, man, she really beats yeah, she, the crackers out of those good twins. Yeah, like she really, she's been wanting to do that for a long time. So yeah, the first one she, <laughs> the first one's the the best because the one of the the twins tethers just sort of somersaults, you know, in front of her and scares her, and then she just hits him in the face with that butter and over the railing she goes. Yeah, pink. But then you're like, well, what's flippy dippy around here? The other one needs to be flippy dippy around here, like. And then the fact that she was just right in that closet, it's handstanding and just unfolds behind her. I was like, yeah, no, no, I'm good. Yeah, they do that several times in this movie in a really terrifying way. It kind of reminds me of that scene in Alien where the alien is sort of, uh, you know, hidden amongst all those similar looking tubes and you don't notice it's there until it, it moves. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, oh yeah, they did that again. Fucking Red does that too. Yeah, because she's not... like, she's in, she's like hunched in the back, of like the shade of a back of a burgundy car, like right where the spare tire would be, is where her head is sitting. So she's perfectly camouflaged. I, I knew she was there since I've seen it already, and it still got me. <laughs> well, I was just like, oh come on, man, <laughs> you can't be. No one could be that perfectly still. Like, I can't go on my haunches at all. I'd fucking break my kneecaps after a couple of minutes. I couldn't hide that well. And here she was just perfectly masked within this car. Well, think about, I mean, like, speaking of perfectly still, just think about how she moves in this movie. She moves just, like, constantly on her tiptoes, and it has this, the, uh, it gives sort of the illusion that she's sort of floating across the carpet or whatever. Uh, it's the, there's a very ballerina um, aspect to it, which makes sense. But man, is it off-putting! It just you're like, no, people shouldn't be moving that way. Yeah, that's usually the things that always unnerves me. Like when it's a human shape, but it doesn't move with like a human gait. Like, yeah, that, I think it triggers like the lizard part of your brain. Where, like, you know, like something creepy crawly's walking on the ceiling or, you know, on your wall, you're not paying attention, but catches the corner of your eye, like, oh, fuck. Like, her movements are very much that way, where it's very purposeful, but, like, I wouldn't want to be near her at a party. Let me just. (laughs) Yeah. And there's something about when you, when somebody shaves their eyebrows off. No, no offense to anybody out there who has uh, Illipucia or. Or maybe he just doesn't want eyebrows for aesthetic reasons. But oftentimes, when you have when you're used to somebody with eyebrows, and then you shave those eyebrows off, the effect is very unnerving for whatever reason. Yeah, it uh, again, I don't know what that. I, I I see what you mean. Yeah, it's a little. It's just weird. You're just not used to it. But- yeah, it's not that. Like if if somebody you are used to never having eyebrows, that's one thing. But if you know someone, they have eyebrows, and then the next day they come back and there's no eyebrows, you're like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I can't tell if you're surprised or mad. <laughs> uh, is your eyebrow up? I, I don't know. Okay, I'm out. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> so I like how they are 
there's a couple of scenes after like they fight the the tylers and they take them out and they're sort of just resting at the tylers nicer house i love the part where they because josh has a backup generator they have power and so they're watching the news they're realizing this kind of thing is happening all over but then the camera pulls out to a, a top-down shot, and it shows that they've been huddled around the body of oh, one yeah. of the tethered <laughs> twins the whole time. Because <laughs> they seem so relaxed, like they're just watching TV, but the whole time there's there's a... Well, when we find out in a couple of minutes, a... Uh, a alive uh, twin... Yeah, I I'm impressed by that, you know, that tethered twin just sitting there the whole time, just like like waiting to come back like I'm quite alive, but uh I'll I'll wait until you leave before I get up and start moving around or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and but, Gabe gets the car he was jealous of. He was jealous of of Josh's new Land Rover and he gets it. That that part's great. Where I think Zora's like, "Do we? Does that mean we get to take their car?" And Gabe is like, "Hmm." Yeah. Like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, another part that I just adore is the when the family is arguing who should be in charge because who has the highest kill count. Oh yeah, I love that because Zora's like, "No, I killed." Uh, I killed both twins. And if I like. And he's like, no, I killed him. Yeah, I no, you did. I just killed the other one. I just re-killed the other one or whatever she says. And Gabe's like, one, 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 two. I killed me and Josh. <laughs> I am done with boats. Yeah. I don't, you know. I mean, he couldn't drive for shit because his knee was all bashed up. But I, I'm impressed with Gabe's, like, fortitude taking out both, uh, you know, both those toughies, especially the way he took out Josh, I guess. Like, he was going to shoot him with the flare gun, because they give you that kind of foreshadowing. Yep, like, it's going to be him. cool. It's going to be cool, it's the lamest thing you've ever It just falls, just limply on the floor. And of course, you know, Josh, even Josh's tethered never had a chance, because, you know, he he is a tiny man in comparison. Yeah, even with them scissors, I, I, you could give me a chair wrapped in barbed wire, and I'd think twice about like trying to get Winston Duke, like a a, a dude that his his size. No, I yeah, think. yeah, he's, uh, you know, I would just accept, you know, I would just be like, take me, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably yeah do the whole like you know, okay, well, well let me just put my head down so I don't. I guess see this is my, my time. Yeah, it was nice knowing you. Uh, I kind of wish I would have been able to get one of those Popeye's fish sandwiches. Um, never happened, but um, I can die now. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I die now. Yeah. 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 Uh, very much that. Um, and yeah, he, they don't even show his, how he takes out Josh, but man, does he. I kind of wish we would have saw the boat on fire. Like, yeah. Just like a smoldering. You mean... You mean the B yacht? The B the B yacht? Yeah. <laughs> this is like what an asshole this Josh character is. I mean, but you it could be no other name. Yes, right? exactly. Like, it's like, pitch perfect. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not like we hang out with Josh for a terribly amount of time, but the amount of time we hang out with him, it was just like, yeah, that tracks, that that, that fits him. A hundred percent, like I would Yeah, I, when his wife comes out and, his, and she's like, I heard something out there, I'm scared. He's like, I'm cozy. I just want to stay in my cozy place. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm busy. He's just drinking, <laughs> drinking, <laughs> and passing out on a, in a chair. That I, I have to say, though, uh, uh, a glass of whiskey in the hand and that comfy of a chair and the, that beautiful view on the lake. I would. That's all I would do. <laughs> yeah. What else? I. Do? I mean, that's what your summer home's for: passing out in chairs, mm-hmm. <laughs> drinking comfortably. Yeah. No. No. It uh, like. It's funny, though. So they get in the car, you know, and then Umbra finds them. So mm-hmm. then this is like, you know, she starts attacking the car and stuff. After she gets thrown and skewered onto a tree somewhere, or back broken onto a tree, where do they go until the, you know, the... Like Sometime. it's not that far of it's not that far of a drive to Santa Cruz. Yeah, I don't imagine it's like a five six hour drive, because I get the impression like from before we get to the house and then when the you know the tethers first show up, it's a different type of paced movie. Once we get to that house, that whole scene where you know they're all facing against each other for the first time is almost real time, like everything's happening. You know, pretty quickly. Once they get over to the Tyler's house, you imagine a little bit of time passed, but it wasn't much past eleven eleven when that family showed up. So I'm like, how did you? Where did you drive for for hours until it was sunny to drive down? You know, like Santa Cruz. You, you must have yeah. been maybe 30, 30 minutes away. So. If that, even with no traffic, they were. I mean, clearly they're in the Santa Cruz mountains. Uh... You know, and, and not even in, like, the most remote parts. They were, you know, in a very sort of wealthy part of the, the Santa Cruz Mountains. So, yeah, that's going to take 30, 40 minutes tops with no traffic, especially. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you were driving, like, zigzag patterns, maybe an hour. But um, that that whole drive through Santa Cruz where we're just seeing bodies just strewn about, I was just like... Ugh. Yeah, that's another really creepy thing about this movie is seeing uh, a place where, you know, you and I have spent a, a considerable amount of time just decimated like that with bodies everywhere. It also kind of reminded me, one of the reasons I love this movie is that it has that zombie movie tone to it, but it's not a zombie movie, and I'm kind of sick of zombie movies and, like, the tropes of those movies by, by this point. So having something that sort of feels tonally similar to that, but is very, its own very original thing is, uh, one of the reasons why I hold this movie in such high esteem. Yeah. I, well, I mean, now look, zombies have turned into vampires. That seems to be the new trend. Sure. Yeah. Where everyone's like all the, the, the fucking, multiplayer shooters where you play with your friends or now against vampires. So I'll take this one doppelgangers. I'm for it. Yeah. I, yeah, it's original and it's, it's interesting. It's apparently the inspiration came from a twilight zone episode in it. And it feels very much like 
It feels like one of the parts of the Twilight Zone movie. I mean, all his stuff kind of has a Twilight Zone vibe. As, you know, I used to watch the Twilight Zone uh, marathons on on Channel 20. Uh, Here we have a younger. boy sitting in front of his TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's me. That's me. <laughs> Watching a Twilight Zone marathon. Little that's does great. he know he's in the Twilight Zone. Oh, no, that sucks. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Gotta go. <laughs> Auto zone or Twilight Zone? What am I watching here? <laughs> Get in the zone. The Auto Zone. <laughs> Why didn't Auto Zone do a Twilight Zone crossover? Come on, get on Auto Zone. Auto Zone, if you're listening. Think about it. We could yeah. be a think tank. We could be a think tank for the Auto Zone uh, yeah, uh, advertising department. Easy. You're in the zone. The auto zone. For your consideration, consider a man who has to get his oil changed. Mm, interesting. He's in the auto zone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went to O'Reilly. Shut up. Shut up. Um, <laughs> Quiet, you. <laughs> Yeah, but I agree. Seeing that, uh, seeing broad daylight Santa Cruz with those dead bodies strewn everywhere. And then some of them were just like sitting at a bench doubled over. I really felt bad for that extra. He's like, why did I choose this position? This was a terrible idea. Yeah, no, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I would have just, like, I don't have an ab, so I don't think I could have held that position very long. <laughs> It's, it's too taunt. Oh, it, the pain, the, the, the cramps. Uh, you just sat down, John. I know. Uh, <laughs> Can't I just be like, like spread out like this and with my head kind of the side and then this jacket uses a pillow. Yeah, you'd be like Frank uh, from Always Sunny. You just put a, a row of breakfast sausages in your pocket and, uh, as you lay there, just try to crane your <laughs> neck down and eat them out of your pocket. He's my spirit animal. Yep. <laughs> Amen to that. Um, but man, uh, Jason, uh, he he gets a. I he, I think he should share the MVP award with uh, Zora. with uh, Zora because um, man, this is a brilliant move. He's like, wait a minute. My tethered will kind of do everything I do, so let me just walk backwards until he sets himself on fire. I mean, it's a bold move. I'm glad it paid off for him. I mean, I'm glad he also saw it was a trap. Right? Because at this point, his tethered version is doing the same, like, spark lighting. Mm-hmm. And then takes the time to lean over, take his mask off, the kind of smile. Pull out the match about to blow up their car because he punctures underneath their car and I guess the gas was leaking. You know, Mythbuster showed me that that's not the way that should work. Um, yeah, it would also be really hard to get to the gas tank from uh, from that position, but whatever. Whatever, you know, suspension of disbelief, I guess. Um, but yeah, doing that whole backwards walk, kind of like you'd see in 
Con Air or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just arms held out, walks his ass back, and burns himself to death. That's yeah, pretty. That was but, pretty brutal. And, and I mean, I guess he paid for it when Red shows up from unfolding behind that car. Go yeah, that brilliant ass. shot with that camouflage where she just kind of exactly. She's like the alien from the first Alien movie. She just kind of unfolds from the background, and all of a sudden. You're like, I didn't see her there. Oh, God, she was there the whole time. Yeah, and it's just, like, roughly out of focus. So, like, the bouquet's there or whatever. And all of a sudden, yeah, there's this movement. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. Run, Jason, run. But not too late. Yeah. But uh, that's when we go to the final showdown between uh, Addie and Red in... uh, this very weird facility i guess just by going uh, you know through a door off of the fun house you go down into the bowels of the boardwalk i guess that's what that was supposed to be right all the the sewage yeah. and power of the boardwalk you yeah, go all it. the way down there and then there's a, a secret door that leads to an escalator that only goes down yeah that's where you kind of go hmm? oh what's this yeah. now hmm? why, why who's paying this? for this who's yeah. where the lights are yeah, why is it kind of like a hotel, airport, slash hospital type of vibe? <laughs> Who cleans up all the rabbit shit? That's what I want to know. Those <laughs> floors were immaculate. Yeah, no, no one does. Those, that's the first time them rabbits ever seen them floors. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we see the fucking, like, floor just covered with, like, rabbits. And then we see, the, like, the classrooms, I guess, that also house the rabbits. Yeah, I assume this was all part of the when the government was setting up a facility, they were creating uh, these, you know, rooms for reeducation, mind control, what what have you. But that's, you know, I think that's the kind of the weak part of the movie. If you think too hard about how these people are still here, how the rabbits are still here, who feeds the rabbits like there's like a lot of you could easily go down a logic rabbit hole, pardon the pun, but um and i think there is it strains logic a little bit so it's just best not to think about i think it's a fun story and how these people and rabbits survive down there is secondary i'm glad things weren't explained in such a way that it would make me want to question it everything is there is just kind of like okay just take it for what it is because, yep. yeah, you, you start trying to poke holes or figure out the logistic problems behind this or the fact that if somehow the government did create a system like this, they wouldn't have let any of those things live. They would have just flooded the hallways and everything else with a gas to kill off any sort of liability just for this off campus. Exactly. No one is just like, well, just shut the door. The it's, problem will take care of itself. But, sir, the, what of the smell? All of the escalators go down. They'll never be able to go up a down escalator. Nobody can. (laughs) And look, as many times as I see broken escalators, like, in new places, I can't imagine this fucking thing's been working for, I guess, beyond 86. I can imagine this escalator working for fucking, like, 50 years (laughs) without someone having to come by and replace it. And then Give me his- one of those light bulb too. The light bulbs in that place are still burning bright. You gotta assume no one's been down there to change a single one in the past fifty years. 
Oh, yeah, picture going down there, seeing your tethered self just mocking you as you're replacing a light bulb. Yeah. You're just staring, <laughs> you know, you're you're doing it, and he's just screwing in a part of the wall. You're like, you know, you could be helping. He's, you know what I mean? Oh, my God, fuck that. <laughs> so amidst their final confrontation, that's when the final... The, the the final curtain is drawn and the, the ultimate twist is revealed to us because we go back to 1986 and we go back through that exact same scene that we saw at the start, except this shows the entirety of it. And what actually happened was uh, 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 Adelaide? Mm-hmm. That's her name, right? Adelaide, uh, I keep calling her Addie because that's what the, they uh, call her in the movie, but Adelaide, uh, young Adelaide's tether um, was different. Uh, She kind of had more of a self-awareness than the other tethers did. So she goes up and um, chokes out her other and takes her place and and leaves her other down there uh, chained to a bed. Yeah. Fucked up. Yes. It explains Red's voice. Mm-hmm. You know. And how Red knew how to talk when nobody else did. And knew where the hideaway key was. Right. Like, there's, like, a bunch of things that kind of give you that, uh, memento, like, unusual suspects type of moment where you're like, <gasps> I see yeah. it now! I yeah, get you it. flash back through all the... They're all the hints, and there are so many. Uh, yeah, it, it, there are definitely hints. There, they pack the hints on. But man, when I first saw it, what a it really blew me away. And then I didn't know how to feel because obviously the the tethered are worthy of your sympathy and and um, uh, pity in a lot of ways because they have had sort of a terrible existence, and then and they didn't ask for it. Um, and I think, you know, that's one of the movie's larger themes, right? You know, the the happiness of the of the wealthy and well-to-do is oftentimes built on the backs of of, you know, sort of a hidden class of of people who breathe the same air. They sh- they should be uh they should be able to, you know, take advantage of all the same opportunities as other people, but it just because of how society is set up, it just doesn't happen. Um, that definitely feels like it's, uh, it's, it's prevalent there. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) I I was just rambling. No, but you're not wrong. I mean, for sure, this movie feels like it's a lot about privilege. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of people misinterpret what that word means. Like a lot of people hear the word privilege and they automatically think it's, Wealth, that does have something to do with it, if that is a privilege of yours, but having access to certain things that other people don't, or aren't hassled because of other privileges you do have, is is a weird kind of like upward mobility that you can do that, and there's very much the classism here between the tethered and the non-tethered versions. They want... They're almost kind of like, what would happen if you were in an environment that barely nurtured you versus being, you know, us up top where the environments do nurture us. So 
even to them, we're still the better versions, quotes, than they are. But then you can notice, like, when they kill their their top selves or whatever, you can see them try to take on the mannerisms of that top self to be a complete person about it. Like, from Kitty's, you know, Tethered, who is, like, crying then laughing when uh Tex got killed and then her starting the one to cut her face the do like the mimic like the plastic surgery kitty went through and just staring into the you know what I mean it was like she was mm-hmm. trying to fully realize who they are or who who she was like the, the, the tethered version so yeah. it, it feels very much like that's what you know a lot of this is about like we could see for a fact that Adelaide since this you know they swapped places that she was able to grow and, you know, prosper in a loving environment, in a creative environment. Yeah. And she gets like, she has earned that family. The family she has is completely her family. Um, But at the same time, and while you are rooting for the character, she stole young Adelaide's life and doomed her to this existence that she would have been doomed to anyway. And so you're kind of at the end, you're, you feel conflicted, right? Because here is someone who is obviously cares about their kids and who is a good person and who has lived this life to their fullest extent and is, you know, made a good thing out of it. But it started with kidnapping. It started with choking out your your double and like red says you could have brought me with you like we could have got, done this together but instead you doomed me and because of that really started this sort of exodus which is also i guess good because now everyone it's out in the open but it is it makes um it makes adelaide a very complex and um thought-provoking uh protagonist yes yeah like the, the this whole part at this at this juncture i was like i mean i'm glass i'm glad that this has kind of all been enacted but i feel really bad for all parties involved yeah, like, think about Red. Like, her life was, she was having a fine childhood, or at least an okay one, and then she is suddenly trapped in this horrifying place for the rest of her life, and then the one person she's been fixated on having revenge against ends up killing her, <laughs> who is the devil the whole time. Yeah, like, and I mean, Red was just mopping up like the floor with her, like she was always ahead. And that was kind of the other thing that was telling graceful and movement, like almost able to anticipate what uh, Addie was going to do, except I think her hubris at the situation is what got her killed in the end. Um, Yeah. She makes one mistake and that gives Addie the opening uh, she needs. And, and, you know, regardless of what you think about, Adelaide, um, you gotta give her kudos for confirming the kill. She <laughs> she stabs, she runs her through with a fire poker and chokes her out and snaps her neck just <laughs> to be sure. Uh, 
Yeah, just in case you're worried. Covered. Covered. Yeah, she saw Halloween. She needs to know. She needs to do, like, three different murders uh, all in one. (laughs) Murder, death, kill. (laughs) And uh, the movie ends with them escaping in an ambulance. They're going to go to Mexico because Mexico doesn't have the whole tethered problem because that's a, a thing that's unique to the U.S., at least in the movie. And um, and uh, we end with sort of Jason finding out. He he knows that his his mom is not is the tethered the whole time. Yeah, I mean, there's the suspicion. I think he starts noticing when she killed the twin, and then when she killed Red, it was like, oh, okay, because uh, that's when she cut loose. And let out like that scream and sounded just like another tethered. And then, yeah, he kind of gives her that look. I know some people want to say that they believe Jason was a tethered himself. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I don't see any. I don't see any uh, evidence of that myself. I know that he puts the mask on at the end, but I feel like that's like a. That's like a pro- uh, protection, like uh, both, like in a literal sense and uh, psychological sense. Yeah, no, I mean there are parts where, again, you could take it. That's the what I was saying about this movie from the jump, though. Is I think you could watch it, and everything that we kind of talked about here today, other people might not have picked up on at all, except like the core things, and they might have seen some way other shit. There's so many notes that are picked up uh but with him for example he wasn't building sand castles he was building sand tunnels he himself was awkward and then when they were doing the i got five on it and she was like no go with the rhythm like in the theater i was like you're off rhythm like both of you are off rhythm like I was like, you're a bad music teacher. You shouldn't teach anybody <laughs> how to do rhythm because you're offbeat. Um, you know, and so those were the notes that I think some people picked on and thinking that uh, he might have been the tethered version. But I was like, at what point did she go down and get that? It was like, no. The, yeah, first- did she? Did she have a? Because some, you know, because Red knows about both of the births because Red had to like pantomime that same thing, except she had to do her own C-section. So, at what point did <laughs> did Adelaide come sneak on back down? It's like I'm just gonna do a swap. Yeah, uh, my version has like a weird lower face, so we're just gonna do a little swap a do. <laughs> yeah, you have this one, and I'm gonna take this one, and uh, yeah. All right, later. It's nice scene. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think his sort of the he's sort of off. It's hinted uh, to the audience that he suffers from ADD. Um, so I think that is sort of showing us that he's inherited some of the um, what you know what his mother obviously also has. So I mean, I, yeah, I can see where that that weirdness comes from. Yeah, I mean, I could see you picking up on some weird notes. Like, obviously, the closer she got to Santa Cruz, the worse it got for her. But she's probably always been a little awkward as well. Um, so, you know, we picked that up. I, I used to say kiss my grits all the time. 
my mom said that because he used to watch Alice, which I would watch with her, but I forgot about that. And I was just like, kiss my grits. And I was like, <laughs> the thing about it, I was like, grits are gross. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't kiss them. Don't kiss them. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much the uh, movie. John, do you have any thoughts before we wrap this baby up? It's, uh, yeah, it's a movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's a excellent movie that's put together extremely well. I don't understand half of its, uh, half the ratings that I saw for it as far as, um, you know, like it's Metacritic and it's uh, Rotten Tomato scores. You know, I normally don't agree with those, but I saw some of them when I was looking up, like the cast and crew and stuff. And I don't know where it comes from. I think it's very well put together. It's it's spooky. I don't think it's scary in a traditional sense. More in a if you think about it sense. It, it's kind of unnerving in that instance. But it's acted very well. There's a lot there for you. As long as you don't try to think too much about the logistical part of it. Um, I think you're in for a good time if you haven't seen it. And if you have seen it, you should give it a watch again. Yep, I own it for that very reason. So I can watch it whenever I want to, regardless of the capricious whims of the streaming gods. Um... But uh, yeah, couldn't agree more. Very well said. Great film. Thumbs up from me. Uh, well, I hope you enjoyed this episode, not only the movie Us, but this episode of Pop Saga. If you want to get in touch with us, there are a few ways to do that through our Instagram or Twitter at the Pop Saga, or you can email us at Gmail. Check the show notes for all those links. If you'd like to continue to support this program, and the production thereof, we have a merch store. Lots of exciting t-shirts coming uh, for that. Um, and from all of us here at Pop Saga, to all of you out there, we hope that you are happy. We hope that you are healthy. And of course, we'll see you next week. We got five on it. Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies A couple of nerds, but got style, we so cool Pop culture, talking new and old school, yeah You should know we love hip-hop From the roots, Ty live. shout out to Feral Munch We giving you what you want, it don't get no liver Ain't no doubt we gotcha, this is Pop Saga, let's go Oh yeah, you heard right, this is a lifestyle Welcome to the nerd life, Pop Saga